This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. For the second time ever, U.S. soybean acres are forecast to surpass corn production this year. Farm Progress, which is a division of Informa, expects soybeans acreage to total 92.3 million acres. That compares to a forecast of 90.3 million acres of corn. Informa's soybeans are more attractive due to the high fertilizer costs for corn. Grain trade is focusing on South American weather and South America's production. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On says wetter weather and cooler temperatures in Argentina and southern Brazil should help crop production. Rains in southern Brazil, though, may be a little too late for that first crop, but will it will have a big impact on the second crop. You know, the precipitation for Brazil is more of a corn story than a bean story at this point. Um, they have two uh, growing seasons for their corn crop. Their first one stays pretty domestic. Their second corn crop is the one that's more of an exported crop. And so they are going to need the moisture for that um, to be able to see that happen and kind of materialize. But at this point, you've, you've pretty much shifted um, to the weather pertaining to corn for Brazil. Several factors underpinning the grain markets. Northern Crops Marketing and Investments President Brad Paulson says less than expected yields in northern Brazil is just one factor. It was almost too wet in northern Brazil and people thought, were thinking that they would have 10, 15, 20 bushel above trendline yield. Uh, but with the other issues they got going on, it's just going to be trendline at best, so it's not going to make up for the severe shortfall in in southern Brazil. The Russian-Ukraine issue is underpinning the wheat market. Is on worries about Russia uh, going into Ukraine or attacking Ukraine to take that state back over again, and that's what a lot of the uh, strength in these markets were today also. Livestock markets continue their wide sideways trading range. Ever ag market analyst Britt O'Connell said that livestock market just continues to be quietly mixed. A pretty uneventful kind of sideways trading market. Hogs are the one that have kind of traded in the positive. They continue to trade up towards contract highs. And uh, that market's been, you know, one that's been fairly lively here as of late. Utterback Marketing President Bob Utterback expects that livestock market to continue to firm as the economy reopens. Omicron, I think, uh, is probably peaked. And once we get to April, May, I think you'll see a relatively strong seasonal cattle market rally back in cattle and hogs. So I think the seasonal is very much alive. And the market wants to be onto the firmer side, but you can't really go because as soon as you get thinking you got, got the market going up, the market has these violent shifts. But I think the tone, when you look back on it, it will be we're going to be drifting higher in hogs and cattle, primary because the economy will start to repu- uh, start to recover after this uh, Omicron is over. China, one of the biggest untapped trade markets for the U.S. Aimpoint Research Chief Economist Greg Dowd says the two big drivers is China's increase in corn imports and dairy products. Huge increase in corn because China's banned the swill feeding of hogs. And if you do that, you've got to feed those hogs something in those big confinement operations. So it's corn and soybean meal, and that's very different than what it used to be in the past. And so that's opening up a huge opportunity for corn trade with China. The other one that's really exciting to me is we, you know, if you look at the ag agreement, the phase one agreement in ag with China, the, the most, the biggest section of it was about dairy. And you're seeing that begin to grow. It, you know, China had to write some regs to make some of that happen, but it's, it's going to be a slow, steady process. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. It doesn't matter where you grew up or how many cattle or acres you own. Farmers and ranchers are important to all of us. 
So are those running the elevators, the local vet, agronomists, county agents, and so many more. We're all working together to help agriculture flourish. That's the strength of NDFB, working together for a common cause. NDFB is the grassroots organization in the state. NDFB, your foundation for the future. Learn more at ndfb.org. That's ndfb.org. Providing play-by-play -play for the business of agriculture, the Red River Farm Network. World Weather Incorporated says Brazil can still produce a large crop. Fertilizer prices remain significantly higher. Stonex has adjusted downward its crop production forecast for Brazil. U.S. Grains Council President Chad Willis is back in Wilmer, Minnesota after a whirlwind trip to South Korea. Markets, weather, farm policy. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear it on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. This Week in News, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. President Biden marked the end of his first year in office with a news conference. In his opening comments, Biden talked about the need for competition. According to the president, there are too many industries where a handful of large companies dominate the market. Over time, it's reduced competition, squeezed out small businesses and farmers, ranchers, and increased the price for consumers, said Biden. There was also a question about trade with China, the phase one trade agreement, and the elimination of tariffs on some Chinese imports. Biden said you U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai is working on this issue, but it's not yet resolved. Tai said the world should not try to resurrect the trading system that was in place pre-pandemic. Tai said lessons can be learned from the past two years. There's an opportunity to build something that's different and better. A House Agriculture Committee hearing took place on Thursday to talk with Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack. According to Vilsack, there's unfinished business with China regarding the Phase 1 trade deal. They're $13 billion short on purchases and there are seven key areas where they have yet to uh, perform uh, biotech approvals, uh, DDG sales, uh, tariffs on ethanol. As the farm bill process begins, farmers and ag lenders want to protect crop insurance and federal farm programs. At the Min Ag Expo, MinStar Bank Senior Vice President Kent Tesey said there will be new themes in the next farm bill debate. There will be a lot of focus on conservation and carbon sequestration maybe tied into that. Uh, programs like EQIP and the Conservation Security Program will certainly get some emphasis. The future direction for risk management could would also be a focus. Minnesota Governor Tim Walz made an appearance at the Min Ag Expo this week. In addition to setting a goal of enrolling 1 million acres in the Minnesota Agriculture Water Quality Certification Program, Walls talked about the upcoming legislative session and the importance of approving year-round E15 in Minnesota. I think we keep pushing it. I think we know that um, this transition um, to, uh, to lower carbon fuels and the ability on renewable fuels, we have been a leader in this since the beginning of this revolution, if you will. We're still there. I'm going to continue to push for it. And I think this may be the year to see that get done. A group of farmers met with Walls, including Minnesota Corn Growers Association President and Lake Wilson, Minnesota farmer Brian Bigler. At E15, I think some of that's going to come out of the national side, too. we got to get that approved through EPA so we can use that year-round. The Minnesota Corn Growers Association and Minnesota Soybean Growers Association held their annual meetings in conjunction with the Min Ag Expo this week. Governor Tim Walls also released his bonding and capital investment recommendations for the upcoming legislative session. For Wool, Minnesota, the plan includes $120 million for local bridges, $90 million for local roads, 
$10 million for permanent easements to improve water quality and wildlife habitat, and $2 million for regional and short-line railroads. Speaking of railroads, supply chain logistics facing another hurdle. More than 17,000 BNSF railway union workers threatening to go on strike February 1st. A new attendance policy for employees is the point of contention. BNSF claims the new system will provide employees with real-time information and greater flexibility. The unions say their members will be forced to work regardless of medical condition. BNSF wants the federal courts to intervene and prevent a strike. The National Biodiesel Board, now known as the Clean Fuels Alliance America. The new branding helps the organization represent the entire industry, including biodiesel, renewable diesel, and sustainable Sustainable Aviation fuels the announcement made during the National Biodiesel Conference and Expo in Las Vegas. Precision Planting announced its entrance into the sprayer market. Field testing is planned for this spring. Precision Planting is highlighting the technology at its series of winter conferences. That's a look at this week in news. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Galloway and Balancer's smart, reliable, profitable, added fertility, increased cowherd longevity, moderate mature cow size, and heavier wean calves are easier to achieve with Galloway and Balancer genetics. Be sure to visit www.galvay.org to learn more about Galloway genetics that work for the commercial producer. Join the North Dakota Galvay Association for the 2022 North Dakota Golden Rule Sale, Sunday, January 30th at Kiss Livestock, starting at 2 p.m. World Weather Incorporated Senior Meteorologist Drew Lerner is your trusted source for agricultural weather. From the Northern Plains, we will see a little pocket of additional cooling taking place in the northeast corner of North Dakota and northwestern Minnesota. To South America, it looks like Argentina will be dry for a few more days, and Brazil will see scattered showers and thunderstorms benefiting many crop areas. Drew Lerner, only on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Randy Conan. Safras and Mercado estimating Brazil's soybean production at 132.2 million metric tons. That's down 12.4 million tons from their previous forecast. The South American consulting firm put Brazilian corn production at 115.6 million metric tons, down 400,000 tons from the previous report. Earlier in the week, AgroConsult also cut its Brazilian soybean production estimate due to dry conditions in Paraná, Mato Grosso do Sul, and Rio Grande do Sul. Paraguay and far southern Brazil expected to remain hot and dry th over the day today and then through tomorrow as a high-pressure ridge slowly moves out of Argentina. World Weather Incorporated says rains will increase Sunday into Monday and for far southern Brazil and Paraguay, while the remainder of Brazil expected to see a good mix of rain and sunshine over the next two weeks. Argentina will also continue to see frequent rains over the next two weeks that will improve crop conditions. Argentina's temperature is expected to cool slightly here to actually slightly below normal temperatures for the next couple of weeks. In northwestern North Dakota, there is snow on the ground, but it's uh, a very dry snow. Horizon Resources Grain Division Manager Levi Hall says farmers would like to see more moisture ahead of spring. 
We did get some snow, which was just nice to see precipitation fall from the sky. Um, and it covered the ground this year, uh, which last year at this time we were still very bare. Um, so at least the stubble was full before last week when we got some of that 30 degree temps and uh, it kind of melted a little bit of it off and it melted pretty quickly because of the lack of moisture in that snow. Um, so it's the, it's the real dry snow, real powdery, uh, but just optimistic that, um, that any type of precipitation that's falling from the sky is going to keep falling as we, as we go forward. So uh, just, just trying to be optimistic. That's all we can do. Montana and the Western Dakotas continue to struggle with dryness after a long drought this past year. World Weather Incorporated senior ag meteorologist Drew Lerner said he's surprised, though, at the level of moisture in the eastern two-thirds of the Dakotas and Minnesota. We'll have a good mix of weather, actually. We've been fairly moist. You know, we got a good significant amount of precipitation in October, and we took a little bit of a break for a while, and then we got it back again uh, here recently with some significant snows. We will continue to see some alternating periods of weather. I would expect at this point, though, as it gets colder, we will push the jet stream to the south. We won't see as much precipitation as we have up to this point. But it will come back as we get back into late winter, early spring, and the jet stream starts to come north because of warming, then we'll start seeing more precipitation. So we'll have plenty of moisture around here when we come to the spring. North Dakota Wheat Commission Policy and Marketing Director Jim Peterson says uncertainty remains, though, with how much spring wheat will get planted this year along with the availability and input uh, costs of crops. You know, certainly a buck and a half ago, um, it probably was a little bit easier decision. And, you know, this fall, you know, we just had a lot of interest in wheat from producers just because it was a very clean year, no disease issues, very clean harvest. And for the most part, yields probably came in a bit better than a lot of people anticipated. I guess we'll see what happens with this recent price drop. Month of February kind of sets the crop insurance price. And if we don't get gain any traction and build back, yeah, there's no question. And in certain parts of the state, wheat is going to struggle against soybeans, canola, and some of these other crops. Grain storage appears to be in generally good shape across the Midwest. Um, mostly dry fall had the majority of the grain going into storage at lower moisture levels, including some areas with corn coming out of the field at 15% moisture or less. Get weather this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. Minnesota farm business management instructors like Betsy Jensen work with you to reach your farm financial goals. I know farmers don't like numbers. You guys want to be an attractor, and I get that. That's why you work with somebody in farm business management, because I love to work on numbers. And so between the two of us, we can work out a plan. You give me some production info, I help you with the financials, and most importantly, we keep the bankers happy. Minnesota farm business management instructors come right to your farm. Online options also available. Find out more at agcentric.org. Before I started working as a soil scientist. Before I became a systems engineer. I found out science is cool. I did my first lab experiment. In 4-H. In 4-H. You never know when a spark will ignite the imagination. That's why 4-H is fostering one million new scientists and engineers for America's future workforce. With the help of companies and universities around the country. One million new scientists. One million new ideas. Learn more at 4-H.org. 